Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Does that mean we're live? New to this game. Brian, when you're... Hi, hey Saxon. What's up, man? Hey. What's up? How are you? Living the dream. I love it. It's someone else's nightmare, so I feel kind of bad, but whatever. <laughs> I'm still living the dream in it. Saxon, do you know Brian Friend and uh, Ryan Jevning? Can you see Ryan? Uh, I can see both of them. I don't think I've ever met either of you. Maybe I have. I just don't remember. <laughs> um, Brian, you kind of look familiar. Uh, we've probably seen each other, but I don't think we've um, had a chance to talk much. You've met him too, Ryan? Saxon, have we ever met in person? Do you remember if we've ever met in person? I mean, I know I've seen you at the games in Carson, like in the car, like when you guys drive around and Scott jumps in, but I don't know if I've seen you since you're your own person. Since I, think, I think that's about it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't even think I could drive then. Yeah, maybe maybe not. I just remember seeing you guys. It was crazy. You guys were like um, mini, mini Scots. Yeah, bald heads. <laughs> Is that era over? The bald head? No, not the bald head. The um, I'm Scott's little brother. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we were Scott. Just talking about yeah, that. Scott. It's, funny, uh, it's over, buddy. It's over. Yeah, Scott. I'll probably still get. I'll get called Scott for the next ten years, though. I'm sure. Um, I mean, you guys obviously look. All you guys look alike. You're from the same, like, I guess. I mean, I'm making the assumption you have the same mom and dad, but um, in some of the photos on your Instagram, like, you guys really look alike. I don't know. If, yeah. I, I can't tell if it's you or Spencer, but one of you, when you're next to him, you could be his twin. I'm like, holy shit. That's definitely Spence, especially whenever they had shaved heads. It's funny. We would go swimming and everyone would think Spence and Scott were twins. And I was, I was the odd man out. <laughs> That they were the twins and you were the younger brother. Yeah. Is is your I always look really young, I feel like. Does does your wife have a twin also? Yeah, she has an identical twin as well. Wow. And, and now you guys just said twins. twins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say that again? And now you have identical twins. Yeah. Um is that a given? Like I don't know, I don't know biology too well, but is that a given that you guys would have twins? No, so paternal twins, um, that's genetic. And then identical twins is more just like a fluke. Um, so it's totally random. Wait, really? That's the way it is? Because isn't fraternal twins mean that, like, that's what I have. That's like the lady dropped two eggs. Yeah, and it, like, skips generations or something like that, I believe. Oh, I thought that – I thought – Shit, I don't know what I'm talking about. But the late when my wife got pregnant when she was over 35, and someone told us like, "Hey, women who are over 35 start dropping multiple eggs." Oh, that could be true. Yeah. Hey, can you I tell? Mean, I don't necessarily are, are you think... in a coffee shop? I am. Is it too loud? Just turn around. And tell those people to shut the fuck up. It, it's mellow. It's easy. It's chill. <laughs> I, I maybe, maybe take your house, shirt off first. Too loud. <laughs> Maybe roll your sleeves up like we used to do in the 80s. Like give it a couple rolls and then just slide a like, pack Yo. of cigarettes under there. It's um, it's definitely quieter here than it is. Uh -oh, in the hold house. on. I can't hear you. Ryan's messing with the audio. Hold on. I think Ryan's doing some adjustments to try to get rid of your background noise. 
everyone popped on and off for a second, right? Did everyone go black and then back on? Yeah. Now I can't hear you guys. That's weird. Hold on. Let me see what's going on. Okay. I'm back. Did you, Ryan, did you try to remove his background audio? Um, is it, do you want me to, I can go to my car. Is that, yeah. It's, well, will you still be on the Wi-Fi? Um, I should be. It's parked pretty close. You going to go try? Yeah, let's give it, let's give it a try. Cause I have some, are, are you recording eat. right now? We are. We're live on, but it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're live on YouTube, but it's our show. It doesn't matter. No sponsors, no listeners, no shits given. Brian, and while you do that, I'm just going to yell at Brian a little bit. Brian, do you know how I can't look at the comments when you're not here because I'm singularly focused on Rich, and if I look away from him, I'm being rude. So that's uh, 10 burpees for you, Brian, for not being here yesterday. And then I, I have to cut the podcast short because I can't take a leak. So like at an hour, I'm like, okay, Rich, it was nice talking to you. And I'm like, I have Rich phoning on, but I have to get off because I have a bladder the size of a four-year-old girl. Yeah, that's sexist. I know. I know. I actually, I, I told one of the guys at the at the gym I was coaching during that time, I said, I could be on podcast with a Rich phoning right now. And he goes, well, you should have you should have done that. You shouldn't have come here. We'd be fine. You got to make we? <laughs> oh, now we have an ass connection. I love it. Now, now we can't hear anything. <laughs> hey, can you just drive your car into the lobby of that coffee shop? <laughs> oh, it's the it's the story of our show. It's the story you asked for of too much, show. Savan. You asked for I too did. much. I did. Uh, Craig says while we wait for Saxon to come back, uh, first time watching live. This is epic. Thanks, Craig. Bruce Wayne, welcome, fellas. Where is Spencer? Great question. Uh, probably crying somewhere, pissed off that his brother made it and he didn't. Um, shout out to my boy who deserved third. Did he deserve third, Brian? What's going on with Saxon? Why is that guy saying that? That's Tyler Watkins, a scoring guy. Okay. So he's- oh yes. So we so there's a guy in the comments here, Tyler Watkins. We did a podcast with him where he gave his ideas on a new scoring system, and we should have put it up last week. But I'm struggling putting it up because I'm not even sure I understood the podcast. So I'm going to <laughs> give it one more listen before I put it up, and we may have to redo that one. Um, but thank you, Tyler, for coming on. It has nothing to do with you. It could have to do with the fact that I have an immature brain. Someone, someone posted in the comments in the Rich Roney thing. It's really nice, Sevon, that you're not that how respectful you were and that you didn't use the word penis in this podcast, and it it makes you seem more professional. You you had me until you said uh, it makes you sound more professional. I do not want to sound professional, not not in anyone's eyes out in the world at least, except maybe my mom's. Uh, Froning podcast was a therapy session on marriage and kids. It could have been. It was close. We scratched the surface. I'm down for a redo. Thanks. Oh, it's Jason Watkins. Oh, is his yeah. middle name Tyler? Yeah. Yeah. What's your middle name, Brian? Nicholas. Brian Nicholas. Friend. <laughs> yeah. I, did parent did Sa- I, I want to ask Saxon when he comes back? If is Saxon coming back, Ryan? Do you think he'll ever come back, or he's like fuck these guys? <laughs> Could you send him a text? 
Yeah. And then if you guys want to tear him up in the comments, feel free, like about his lack of professionalism for doing a podcast in a coffee shop on a phone. Don't focus on my swearing or my immaturity. We're probably at more phone phone interviews than computer at this point. Saxon, coffee shop. You are. How old are you? Twenty five. Is that is that normal? Like your twenty like your generation doesn't do computers, you only do phones? I don't even have a computer. Yeah, I knew it. My wife has one, so I guess I kind of do. <laughs> How old's your wife? Is she 18? No, she's 25 too. Oh, okay. Because she looks young. Yeah. When you go when you go out with her, you better make sure she always has ID on her. You could get handcuffed and taken away. <laughs> Why did your parents name you Saxon? Um, they ran out of S names, so there's six of us. Um, so. Sean Scott, Steven, Shayna, Spencer, and then Saxon. I guess it could have been Sam. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Um, oh, Steven. I, I have Steve too. Steve's in my family. Oh. Have have you ever met another Saxon? Um, I met someone with the same last name. So they their last name was Saxon. Interesting. But that's about it. And does it mean anything? No. I mean there isn't I'm sure there's like some meaning to it, but nothing too like significant to us um it uh I, re- I think there was a video game when i was a kid called saxon oh really <laughs> yeah and i was just wondering if your parents were like video game geeks do you know that game brian saxon were you first out or was spencer first out i was first and that they and they gave you the made-up name and him the actual name <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> Hey, the, the second the second kid always gets the like okay the 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 throwaway name like okay these are our two best names and we have two kids okay the second guy so they must have liked Saxon better probably how is your brother not Which the older one, one. The, yeah yeah the younger he's one he's good he's good I felt like as soon as we came back from the games he just dove right into training for next year and um, trying to get out to some of these other events in the rest of twenty twenty one. I don't believe you. That's, I don't. Be- I promise. He's actually at my house now training. <laughs> is is he good? Like, um, if something happens, like if I yell at one of the twins, the other one will kind of like just come and stand up for him. Or if like one of them yeah. starts crying, the other one will go over and hug him, and they'll just start giving me the stink eye. It's pretty crazy. It's it's it, it actually it's I don't know if it's real or they're just doing it to mess with me, but it's a very very good tactic. I'm did when you made it to the games, is he just tore up or no, more importantly, are you tore up? Is he okay with it? And you're just devastated that your, your brother didn't make it. That's such a great question. And Saxon vanished. God damn it. It's always, you don't know if he might've still heard you though. (sighs) There's someone in the coffee shop next to him, like pirating movies and taking all the bandwidth. We have Dallin pepper coming on. I don't know why he didn't make it to the games, but I get all excited when I saw him on Instagram and I was like, shit, let's get him on. And he agreed. He also coached a kid who got second place in the teenage boys, 16 to 17 division. So we could tell him we got him on for that reason. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. He doesn't have the hundred thousand followers prerequisites to come on the show. And he didn't go to the games. And yet here we are excited to have Dallin Pepper on Jesus Saxon. Dallin's a good one to talk to actually, though. He's, um, he's doing some other stuff. I mean, he's obviously very good, and I think he will make the games in the next year or two, but uh, he also has a lot of other 
in influences in the community and space, I think. Uh, say, say that one more time. I was reading comments. He does some other stuff besides just be excellent at CrossFit. Like he's, uh, you know, he has his own training and coaching program that he runs. And then he's, he's actually helping out with the pit teen throwdown, which is, I think the premier event for teenagers in the space right now. And he's like kind of coming as a guest, um, and a role model for those younger. He's only 19, but everyone who's competing there's you know, younger than him. He's already so. selling programming. Dallin Pepper is. Yeah. And the, one of the kids he coaches took second place this year at the teenage division using that programming. I'm assuming that wow. guy was already, was already good, but he, you know, became better or he did better after, after working with Dallin. Yeah. Saxon, are you using Dallin Pepper's programming? Is that how you got to the games? No, no. Facundo. Oh, right. Right. Well, that you, well, while you were away, we told the whole story about how you followed Dallin Pepper's programming. So everyone <laughs> disregard what we said. No, we didn't. I'm joking. Um, Saxon, maybe that's where you recognize me from because I wrote that article about Facundo and that highlighted uh, you and your brother and, and Yorgos and um, Sasha. Didn't we, talk, well. we talked out at the games, right? A check-in. Yeah, we might have spoke real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Facundo is kind of buff, huh? He is. I wouldn't mess I, with him. <laughs> I um I I I haven't seen him. I I only remember running into him. I don't know, ten years ago here and there. Um, he was pretty low key. But when I went on your Instagram, I realized shit. The guy's everywhere. And Brian mentions his name a lot in in good light too. But then on your Instagram, I like he has like traps and shit, and like he's all buff and shit. But like in person, he I didn't get that uh, impression from him. You saw that on my Instagram? I think. <laughs> no. Yeah. I went through all your Instagram photos last night. That's what's crazy about going through people's Instagrams. Like someone like you, you've basically been doing CrossFit your whole life. It seems like. Yeah. As soon as I started my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So there's no like dirt on you. It's all like good, wholesome, like it's just all clean and jerks. Pr pretty much. Yeah. Heavyweights <laughs> for what I thought was when I was young. <laughs> so let's start at the top. So you're 25 years old. How much do you weigh? Uh, about 185. And do you think you're at the peak of your career? No, I think I'm getting there. I think um, I felt like this year I finally had all of the puzzle pieces together. Um, I think more there's some things like mentally that I need to um, figure out. But I would say like physically, um, all the pieces are there as to being a well-rounded athlete. I'm I'm not as smart as Brian, but I will be completely honest with you. Uh, there was some there was a point in the games where the thought started creeping in my head that you could win it this year. Like I yeah. was like, holy shit, is Saxon going to win it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. There was a point where I was letting that creep in. Like, like, <laughs> like, Hey, Savon, go have a cigarette. Like, like I was like, it was like, Oh, it was interesting. Did you feel that way at all? Did you feel like at any point during the games? Like, Oh shit. I'm, I'm, did you have any transformation uh, during the games this year? Um, yeah. I mean, going into the games, that's, that's always, that's always my thought um, is, you know, winning the games. Um, but I think you go through a lot of different emotions throughout the games as to like, okay, am I there? Am I not there? Um, based off of events and how well you did in events. Um, at the end of the day, like, yeah, that's how I felt. But I also know that like everybody else I would like to think is thinking the same thing and you know, it's anybody's game. So like I was trying not to get too caught into that and really just focusing on my execution, um, and workouts more than anything. And I knew if I could execute everything perfectly that that could happen.
Um, you said you were the first of your twins. The first yeah. one came out. And, do, and how much were you when you were born? I want to say like seven pounds. Okay. So you put on 178 pounds. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, that's a first run at that joke. That's pretty good. I'm pretty happy <laughs> that I used it on Saxon. And um, so you're born and, and no, no more younger kids than you and Spencer. You guys are the youngest in the family. Right. And then Scott's the one just right above you. Correct. And then there's a bunch up top, even older. I have one more older brother, one below Scott, and then I have a sister below that brother. Okay, and I've seen the, and, and I've seen sprinkles of them on your Instagram, especially your sister. Your sister like went to the games with you a few times, right? When you were younger. Yeah, yeah. She always went to the game. She's been to the game since 2012, um, watching. And then this was her first year going, and she went to a semifinal, semifinal, quarterfinal, whichever one. She went to the West Coast uh, on a team. Yeah, I, I spoke to them out there, actually. Yeah. They were very nice. And and you and your brother own a gym? Correct. Across the oh. cliffside. And where is that? Cleveland. So we're about 20 minutes west of Cleveland. East of Cleveland. East, sorry. And, and Scott owns a gym? Yeah. He's about 20 minutes from us, so he's about 40 minutes from Cleveland. And, and what's the name of his gym? CrossFit Mentality. That's right. And is that the same one your parents are, are a part of, or do they own a separate gym, a third gym? No. So my dad owned a gym in Pittsburgh before he moved out to Ohio. And he moved out here to help Scott open up his gym. Um, once he had Scott had his gym up and running, uh, my dad came out and he helped us open up our gym. So he's kind of been um, really the guy that helps us open up these businesses and really kind of show us the ropes into that. And And does that work? Like, does yeah. that work having your dad help you? Or are you like, I mean, I would think like at your age, you're kind of like, Hey, like you, you get along with your dad that well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's, he's taught us pretty much everything we know, um, uh, into like sports and, uh, mental toughness and, and business. Um, so it truly takes a team around us. And, um, uh, whenever we first opened up our gym, it was just Spencer and I and him and, uh, being able to distribute classes and, and compete. It's been a huge help. So he has he your dad kind of put that plan together. Hey guys, if you're going to open a gym and teach classes and compete, these are the things you need to think about. This is what you have to prioritize. Yeah, him and Scott both did that. Um, like I said, I feel like we're all like kind of like just one big team. And in order to do that, we kind of did that and uh, bounced ideas off of each other. And you're and only then, twenty. You're only twenty minutes. Your gyms are only twenty minutes apart. Yours and Scott. Uh, a little further than that. Probably like twenty seven, to be if I'm being exact. So it's it's far enough that we're like people aren't like in between having to like choose which gym to go to. So like we try to make sure that you know the demographics that we chose we're we're pulling from a whole different group of people. What you're afraid of competition? No, we just want to reach as many people as we can. <laughs> you're a good dude. So let me. So your dad. So you're taught. Your dad's like you're like man. My dad knows everything. He knows business. He knows sports. He knows this. All right, I'll throw this. I'll throw him a curveball. He thinks he's the shit. I'll have twins. I'll throw twins into the mix. Now what you got, Dad? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but even even whenever it comes to twins, I mean, he raised twins. Um, obviously, my <laughs> mom did, and like he's able to help with that as well. <laughs> I had a I had a guy on the podcast. I, I'm 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 really bummed i can't remember his name he's the only it's the only um civilian owned crossfit gym in afghanistan 
he's a Ukrainian guy and an American woman own it there. Um, and he had five kids. And then when he had his sixth and seventh kid, they were twins. And he told me that twins are harder than five kids. And I, and, and I have twins and I, like, I, I can't really imagine that I would go with twins over the five kids at like, although I would love to have five kids. Don't get me wrong. But when you have twins, it's just like everyone talks about how hard it is and whatnot, but you kind of just do it. Right. It's right. not like, it's just like, you're not sitting there going, Oh my God, this is so hard. You're just like, all right, I'm just doing this. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we were saying. We were happy. Um, we had twins, uh, first, um, I think it'll make, you know, anytime we have one kid super easy. Um, but like, like you said, yeah, it's like, it is what it is. Like whenever you got to wake up in the middle of the night, like you're going to wake up in the middle of the night. Like there's no reason to complain about not sleeping and changing diapers. Like that's, that, that's the life that you chose. And, um, I think it's a very blessed opportunity to be able to have. Yeah. I, I, we had twins second and, and we haven't had any more kids since, but I actually, I was actually thinking I would be, I hate to say this, but I would be disappointed if we ever had more kids and we didn't have twins. Right. And, and I kind of explained it like this, like getting a puppy is awesome. But if you, when you have two puppies or two kittens, you see them do stuff that the people who had one will never, ever, ever see. And it's nuts. Absolutely. It's- yeah. I mean, and like being able to be a twin, like, you know, that and um, you have that, like, it's always funny because like, I always felt like the bar was being set higher and higher and higher. And like, I think, having a twin and then having, you know, five, four older siblings, it was the same thing that like, this was always the standard and it was always higher than like what we thought. And just when you think you like got to that standard, it gets, gets set even higher, uh, which I think is really cool. Explain that to me a little more, like objectify that for me. Give me an example okay. of that. All right. So we'll compare it to CrossFit, right? So whenever I got into CrossFit and I moved out with Scott, I was 16 um, and he was hitting 335, 355 clean and jerks. I'm like, okay, you know, I would probably may- weigh maybe a buck 45 and I'd hit 275. And I always felt like that was, you know, still not good enough. And then my twin brother, who weighed the same thing, would go hit 300. I'm like, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is at 16, you guys were doing this at 145 pounds, like 16, 17. Yeah. Oh my God. Not saying it was necessarily the best thing for our bodies at the time. Um, and I think that's like one thing that we learned and we started to back off a little bit and focus more on the integrity of the, of the movement. And we knew that if we wanted to have a long life in the sport that we needed to be able to move well. I think the issue was our technique was so good for our age that we were lifting weights that our body, I don't think was necessarily capable of. So we were putting ourselves in positions that we probably shouldn't have. Um, so I think I learned that pretty early on that I needed to start to dial that back a little bit. And then like, as I started to put on more weight, I felt like those weights went up higher and higher. And and so you, you kind of, you, you told two stories there at once. One, it's just the expectation because it, it, there's a, a built-in I don't want to say one-upsmanship because that sounds bad, but there's built-in motivation. And then on top of that, though, there's there's a, a dangerous side to it, too, meaning um, you guys can push harder than what really you should be. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. Um, and I learned that through some slight injuries, nothing, like, too severe. I was lucky enough, and I felt like as soon as, you know, like, 17, 18 years old, I shouldn't have knee issues or back issues. And I really started to dial that back a little bit um, and focus on a lot of like pause squats and 
um, higher repetitions with lighter loads. And I noticed that, that was very beneficial. And, you know, whenever I did come back to those heavy lifts, like they went up instead of being 10 pounds every two months, you know, it was now 20 pounds. Wow. By dialing it back, you were getting better results on the top end too. Right. And it allowed me to cycle heavier loads and work out. So like whenever you get into like an open workout where there's a clean and jerk ladder and you got to move 275 for nine reps, um, I think it really helped with stuff like that as opposed to like true one rep maxes. Is your brother dating the other twin? No. Oh, wouldn't that be a trip? Oh, I know. Because you had that one post where you guys are on the stairs. By the way, that post is cool, but it's a complete fail because we can't tell you guys apart, so we can't tell you guys are moving around. But anyway, which one? Which one? Which one's that? Like the the I think the girls are behind you on the stairs, and you and your brother in front, and then like you turn the lights off, and then you guys all switch around. And I watched it oh, four times, yeah. and I'm like, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna ever figure this out. I'm gonna need like paper and pencil." I get what you guys are trying to do. <laughs> no, um, so so you. you you're born a twin. You're born in, where did you say you were born originally? Ohio, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, 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 Pennsylvania. Sorry. You said that. And then, um, and then when, when do you start getting into uh, sports and movement and is life yeah. good? Your parents are still together, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, life, so um, life's yeah, good. Life's good. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a long story, but, um, so like whenever we were young, like we got into CrossFit at around 12. Um, but before then we were really into football uh, my brothers were all played in college and it was something that Spencer and I wanted to do. And my dad would always run football camps with people and we would always go play football with these high school and college kids. And, you know, our brothers were there. So we were always, again, kind of very similar to like what we're doing in CrossFit. We were doing with football. Um, now when we were was 11 or 12 years old, uh, Spencer and I were in a hiking accident where we fell off of a cliff. Um, and we now had those contact sports taken away from us because of our head injuries. Okay. Hold on a second. When you were 11, you fell off a cliff. Yeah. Let's pause there and look into that a little bit. <laughs> um, God, the other day, one of my kids somersaulted into a 12 foot bowl at the skate park. Oh God. So, thank you. He had a helmet on. Were you wearing a helmet? I was not wearing a helmet. Yeah. It's not something people wear when they go hiking. Um, okay. So tell me that story a little bit. Yeah. So, um, it was a it was, Saturday morning you were having your breakfast, right? Yeah. And we decided to go to the park and, um, it was Spencer, I, and a couple of our friends. And as we were hiking, one of the girls that we were with, the pathway ended up giving way and she fell off a 75 foot cliff. Um, so she, wait was a second. Up. What park has a 75 foot cliff and Pittsburgh, what? Pittsburgh. <laughs> And you're 11 years old, and was there an adult with you? Yeah, so like this pathway that we were on, it kind of merged in two different directions. So we were said, hey, we'll go this way, and you go this way, and we'll meet at the end. And um, as we were walking, she ended up falling off of it. Did you see that? I did see that. And there was about six or seven of us there. And I was like, hey, I got to go down there. Like she was unconscious. Like in my opinion, I thought she looked, she looked dead. Uh, so I was concerned. I'm like, I got to get down there and make sure she's okay. Wait, so, sorry, sorry. You were 11 at the time. Yeah. And who is the oldest person who was with you? Um, uh, it was. I mean, minus the adults, it was probably me. But but the adults weren't like, I'm no, gonna they, go down. They didn't know that that happened because they went the other way. Sorry, we were supposed yep. to meet them at okay. the end. Okay. Um. Uh, so I was like, hey, I got to go down there and check on her. So I tried to like ease my way down there and I ended up slipping and I fell off of it. Um, and I ended up 
hitting my, I, I believe I like landed on my head. Um, so I ended up getting a skull fracture and a brain bleed from that. So now there's two of us laying unconscious. So my twin brother's like, Hey, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to try another way. And he tried to come down. He actually fell off a hundred foot cliff, uh, down beside us. And I don't know what my other this friends is like, doing. this is like a video game. This is like, like, okay, we have five lives. Let's try to get down this cliff. This is great. This is a crazy story. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what my other friends were doing. Nobody called 911 or anything. So I just remember waking up and I see Spencer and he ended up getting his leg caught on a tree. So like he had like this big chunk taken out of his leg to where you could see his femur. And he was like crawling over towards me and I saw him and I just like threw up and passed out. So he was able to call 911. How? He had a cell phone? Yeah, we just got cell phones for Christmas, and this happened in March. So we had cell phones for like three or four months. Um, I hope and, when, I hope you beat those other kids' asses. Those other <laughs> kids. So um, he ended up calling nine one one, and they couldn't locate us. So all of a sudden, my mom's at home, and she gets a call from a nine one one dispatcher, and says, "Hey, your two sons fell off of a cliff, and we can't find them." And um, oh, she's man. like, "What are you talking about?" So my older brother, Steven, ended up going to the park that we were at and he went to the very bottom. And I just remember he called me and I, he's like, what's around you? And I'm like, trees. Um, I was like so out of it. And I told him that there was this one box at the bottom of the, the cliff. So he's running down along these railroad tracks trying to locate us. And he was actually the first one to find us. Um, so my older brother actually beat the beat the uh, first responders there and he got gas and he was able to get everybody there. Uh, and then we ended up getting life lighted down to Pittsburgh and then we began a recovery process. Uh, how close were, did the girl survive? Yeah, she only, she had, I don't want to say only, but she had a punctured lung. Um, so she was in the hospital for a few days and then she was cleared. Um, I had a lot of brain injuries and head injuries. Um, Spence had head injuries as well. And then his whole thing with his leg and we were in the hospital for a couple of weeks and uh, ended up having to get homeschooled for the rest of the year. And then uh, we had all contact sports taken away from us. And that's actually how we got into CrossFit because we were on pretty much couch potatoes for three to four months. And we started to put on a little bit of weight. And my dad was doing CrossFit at a YMCA. And he's like, hey, like, let's go join the gym and let's do this together as a family. And uh, that summer, we all would load up in the car and we'd go down to CrossFit Pittsburgh and train together. Your poor fucking mom. <laughs> Holy shit. She's a champ. That's like, oh the, that's like the worst phone call you could ever imagine. Yeah. So did they, did you have like a, a subdermal hematoma? Did you have like a, like a blood swelling in your brain and they had to like cut open the side of your skull and peel it down and like drain it all out and all that? Uh, no, luckily it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Um, so I had a skull fracture in the back. And it was weird because like my whole head started to turn green. I said, I was like the incredible Hulk, <laughs> um, but it started to turn green. And they said that that was like just part of the recovery. I'm assuming it was kind of like a black and blue mark or something. Um, but they just said pretty much if I get hit in the head again, that could be it. Uh, so that's whenever they took sports away from me. Yeah. I, I, um, that when I was seven, I crashed on my bike and bounced my head off a curb. And I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital and they, and they had to do the whole thing where cut my skull open and drain the pressure off my brain. And it, it got really close to me. Like, I think they said something along my parents, like, Hey, well, we don't know the severity of the damage until he becomes conscious again. Like you could have a little vegetable on your hands. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Could explain a lot. And, um, but thank God, like they, they couldn't take any sports away from me cause I didn't play sports. I was, I watched TV. I was a professional TV watcher. So like, it was like perfect. Like it just enhanced my career of watching like the three stooges and the Brady bunch. And are you familiar with those shows? The three stooges and the Brady bunch? Yeah. Okay. So sex, you still, still cannot do contact sports. Um, so I started to like work back into it a little bit. Um, I had to go through a long process for them to clear me. So I played basketball in um, high school for a little bit until junior year. And that's whenever I made the decision to move from Pittsburgh to Ohio and started to really pursue CrossFit. That was in 2012. Scott went to the games the first year. and I was like, okay, this is like something that I want to do. Um, so in 2014, we ended up moving out and doing that. At 16 years old, sorry, Brian, at 16 years old, you moved out of your parents' house and in with your brother? No, no, no. We all moved. So our whole family actually picked up and moved out here uh, to be able to do that. Okay. Okay. When you're like um, getting ready for the swimming events at the games, do you tell the guys, you're like, listen, if you want to kick someone in the head, make it anyone but me. (laughs) (laughs) That was the one thing I was worried about this year, actually. But I was glad we had flippers. But I mean, everybody with flippers, you know, if they put their arms up and their legs up, everybody's over eight foot. Um, eight feet, and I was like, okay, just don't get kicked. <laughs> no, it's all better. It's all, it's all better now. You're all, you're all good now. That's all just yeah. like he could. He was probably good in six months. They just have to tell you that shit, and then you have these two parents that are scared shitless. So they're like, hey, it's a, did you? I think, did they, go ahead. I I think it was more just football, uh, and I think you know you see what happens in the head injuries in football. Uh, more than anything, I actually wrestled a little bit in high school as well. I wrestled growing up. Um, so yeah, I did get back into like somewhat contact sports, but because of that, I was able to get into like true CrossFit because I found out that that could be competitive. God, imagine how good my kids would be, how amazing they'd be if they had your dad. Oh my God. You guys would have been just the experiment and then he could have taken mine and you should just give your twins to your dad. Here you go, dad. (laughs) <laughs> and Saxon, is it is it a fair assumption that this story from when you were 11 has something to do with the name of your gym? Yeah, for sure. Um, so when we were coming up with names for our affiliate, it's like, I mean, we went through pretty much all the basics that you could think of, uh, like CrossFit terms. And we were like, okay, like what really got us into this? Like we wanted to have some type of meaning. And uh, we came up with Cliffside, even though there's no hills in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's yeah. how you named it? Cliff- um, is there anything bad that happened from that? Like, is there like any, like, do, do you have any like pathologies? Like if you're watching a movie and you see someone fall, you have, you grab like the side of the, the arms on your couch or. No. Is no. there anything good, good that came from it? Um, where I am today. I mean, I don't think anything that happened these past 12 years that would have happened if it wasn't for that i think and i think it's how you react to a lot of things i think you know i could have easily reacted and said you know there goes high school football college football um things that i wanted to be able to do um you know in my mid-teens are just gone um but i think being able to react in a different way and be able to take that elsewhere um is everything and i think you can sit there and kind of feel bad for the situation that you have but if you take full advantage of like, hey, what can I do? It can lead to a lot of great things. I was young enough that I didn't care. It was just like, you know what I mean? It was just like something that happened. Okay, I'm in the hospital a couple of weeks. Okay, I eat ice cream. But you were a little older. You were, you said 11? 
Yeah. Did you care that they took football, that they, that things got taken away from you? Were you old enough yeah. to be like, Oh, this sucks. Yeah. Originally I was. Um, and I was like, okay, well like what, what am I going to do? Like, what can I do? I actually ended up switching schools, um, two times. And I don't want to say it was because of that, but I ended up switching to a Catholic school to be able to kind of really focus on that. Um, especially I, I really struggled, I think, learning in my attention, uh, it might've just been my age. Um, but I really started to struggle in school, you know, with paying attention and being able to comprehend things. So I went to a school that was going to allow me to be able to do that. And I felt like that started to come together a little more and more, but like that just took some time. So I'm, I'm not sure if I'm following the logic here, but ba were you going to a school specifically because it had a great sports program? And then when you realized you weren't going to play sports, you switched to a school that had a better curriculum. Yeah, somewhat. But I, again, that wasn't like necessarily the full reason. I think, you know, it's give and take. Uh, the school that I switched to didn't have football, uh, but they had a great basketball program, uh, which is what I kind of switched over to in high school. Okay, so um, so that's interesting because I heard you mention in another interview that you got in an accident, and I thought it was a car accident. Did you get in a I car was, accident? I, yeah, I've been in a car accident, but it was nothing like severe. <laughs> like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I had that. I, I mean, I also had, I think it was because of that car accident. I ended up um, getting an infection on my spine um, where they had to go in and do spinal surgery. Uh, that was, that was before this accident uh, where they actually didn't think I'd be able to walk again. And, How old uh, were you then? I want to say seven. Okay. Now yeah. you have to turn around and tell them, Hey, if another person orders a smoothie, I'm going to put a foot in someone's ass. <laughs> Hey, was your brother in the car for that accident? Yeah. Wow. Did, how did how, did he get hurt? No, no, it wasn't anything bad. I think it was just like the jolt um, ended up messing with my spine a little bit um, and ended up getting an infection in there. Um, Do you have steel, again, plates, that's, that's steel plates in your spine like Matt Fraser? No. <laughs> hey, I bet you both of those accidents, no matter how severe they were for you, did more damage to your mom and dad. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. I bet you that just took, like they were going to live to 130 and now they're only going to live to 104. I thought I was going to get put in a bubble. Oh my goodness. Okay. So you start doing CrossFit and, um, does just the, the, is the pathway already set? You're just like, you, you see what Scott's doing. So you're just like, Hey, this is what you do. Like, like if he was a running back, then you would have been a running back. Hey, he's a games athlete. So I guess that's what I'm going to do. Like, you're just like, all right, there's the trail. This one yeah. doesn't have a 75 foot drop. I guess I'll take it. No, I, I think, and this is, this is what I think a lot of people forget is that we got into CrossFit at the same time and we've been doing it just as long. Um, it just so happens that his body was grown to be able to do it at a competitive level much earlier than us, but that didn't change the fact that, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, that I wanted to go to the CrossFit games and that I was, I mean, as soon as I moved out with Scott, I trained as if I was going to the CrossFit games every summer that he went um, so I don't think really much has changed, but I think that's kind of more what happens behind the curtains and what people don't see and people don't realize. How, how many years older than you is? How many years older is Scott? Nine, nine-ish. You know, what's a trip is I bet you most people, so he's 34, by the way, I don't think he's retiring. Yeah. No way. No, he, did, he did too good, man. He did too good. I tell him just one more. <laughs> yeah, he did too good. Jackson, did he tell you after the games? He goes, you know, if I had two good knees, I would have had you. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> it was funny. He said, um, I'll know when to hang it up whenever you beat me. 
That's always um, what he told me. When when I see you guys uh, on the field together, I I all I ever look at is is your guys' eyes because it's what I look at in my boys too, and I and I see the way you guys look at each other. It, it must make your parents so proud to see like the bond that their boys have. There's nothing better for parents, and and, I'm, and you're about to like see this too. When your kids are getting along and your kids love each other, it's like it's the shit. It's there's nothing yeah. better than that. Oh God. It's great. Um, but it mo- I would guess that most boys or girls, if they have a sibling that's nine years older than them, they don't really have a relationship. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think growing up, you know, it was always Spencer, my sister and me, and then my three older siblings. Because there was always, I feel like, that gap. Like, we were always within, I mean, obviously I'm a twin, but within two years of each other. And then there was, like, a big, like, five, six-year gap between my other siblings something like there's just so many it's hard to remember um but i always felt like it was those three and us three and i felt like as soon as i moved out here we were able to grow a relationship with our older siblings a little more your sister's only two years older than you yeah oh that's cool i didn't realize that for some reason i thought i I must have misheard i thought she was older than scott and so yeah i mean you think about it you're if scott's uh how many years older you say nine years older yeah. I mean, just almost I mean, time, nine and a half. <laughs> yeah. So like when you're nine, he's 18. I mean, like, yeah, like, like just imagine you're three and he's going through puberty and it's just like, screw these little rugrats. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he was changing my diapers. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's, I'm guessing the last, um, five years t- tell me about that relationship, about how you and Spencer and Scott have grown closer together in the last five or 10 years. Yeah, for sure. Um, our dream was always to open up an affiliate and Who, to be you able and to Spencer? do Yeah, together. So when we moved out here, we worked at Scott's gym and worked underneath him for four, four or five years um, and really just focused on learning from him, the business side, the coaching side, and then the athlete side. Um, and I felt like through that bond, I mean, we were with each other, you know, from 9 a.m. every day until 8 p.m. every night. Um, so I felt like that bond really grew through that. And and then he had a kid and made you an uncle. Yes. <laughs> and, and and that was probably a, a, a growth moment too, right? Because then all of a sudden your title changes based on what your brother's doing. Yeah, for sure. And, and then uh, you did it back to him. I did. Two times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How What's the difference in age between him, his child and yours, twins? Um, like eight months-ish. About eight months. Yeah. So they'll be seeing a lot of each other. Seven months. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, has it changed everything for you? Like, by that, I mean, like, um, my my wife has a sister, right? And, like, and we don't see them very often. I don't know, once a year. But the second we had kids, all of a sudden, I just, I, I felt closer to my my wife's sister and I wanted more family around and I wanted the cousins to get together and all of these things that I never gave a shit about before all of a sudden that you know 43 years old started mattering to me I don't even know yeah. why yeah absolutely um yeah for sure I think I think the big thing that I want to focus on is like like all of our family to be really close I never wanted to be you know like a distance cousin where you never really saw them or um, talk to them too often, but I want every, everyone to feel like they can always go to each other if they need something. And I think my whole family always felt that way. 
was just being able to call anybody whenever you need something and really have that bond with each other. It's amazing how many people don't have that in this, uh, in this land. They don't they, 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 the, the parents can't stay together. Uh, and I'm not making a dig in anyone. Relationships are hard as shit. They're hard as shit. But if you can keep it together, man, there's nothing better than extended family. And then you've done it really right. 20 miles away is perfect. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's like an easy ride, but I mean, it's nothing like where you're seeing each other necessarily every single day. Uh, so I think it really makes you appreciate your time together. Yeah, for sure. Is um is Spencer does, is Spencer gonna have kids soon? Does he have anyone like in the? I don't think he'll have kids too soon, but who knows? Uh, anything's obviously possible. Right, boys are squirrely. Uh, yeah. So. But uh, no, I think he, his real, his big goal right now is to compete in CrossFit and get to the CrossFit Games. And I think when that happens, I think a lot of things will change for him. And uh, he he's whenever he makes it to the CrossFit Games, I think it's going to be something really special. Um, I think he has everything together mentally, physically. Um, I think it's just a matter for everything clicking over a weekend. Uh, I think when you see your whole career and like what you train for 365 days a year to be determined on one weekend and any slip up can happen. But I think it's just timing that, you know, whenever you bring everything together on one weekend um, and it clicks, I think it's something special. Did you mourn at all? Is it um, like, did you, when he didn't make it, did you feel any like, like, like how did you handle that when he didn't make it and you did? Yeah, um, it was tough. Um, I really wanted all three of us to be able to compete. We knew that this was going to be Scott's year, and uh, we wanted to be able to go out with. I think it would have been the first set of the first time three brothers competed, um, and to have like three brothers compete at the CrossFit Games out of forty. Um, you know, that's that's a big chunk of the field. I think that would have been something really special, but it just wasn't his time. And I think we all knew that, and we're okay with that. Um, but we do know like whenever he does step on the field that it's not going to be like, Oh, I went to the games and I took 21st. Okay. I took 15 kind of like the path that I took where it was like 21st, 15th, 11th, and like slowly working your way up. I know whenever he actually goes to the games, he's going to make like a very big splash and a very big impact. And I think whenever that happens, it's going to be special. Is there anything that you can relate to growing up that was similar to the feeling you had when he didn't make it? Like, like, I'm guessing when you're three years old and you get the the better birthday present, um, it's like, aha, I got the better one. Then I'm guessing at 12 year old, when you're 12 and emotions have set in, you're like, okay, I'll share this with you. Or like if you get picked for something and your brother doesn't, or your brother gets picked for something and you don't, it's kind of like almost hard to celebrate it because you know, you, cause you want that for the other person. Was there anything that you can remember having those same feelings? Like when you were younger that translate to, to this? Yeah, I would say like sports. Um, so like, like we pay, played, pretty much everything so like soccer if i was on a different shift than he was or basketball if i was um on one shift going out and i was in the starting five and he was coming off and i was coming out and he was taking my position where we never got to compete together because i feel like whenever we get the opportunity to compete together i feel like we really thrive off of each other um and i feel like again kind of like kind of like what i was saying with weightlifting like the standards getting set higher and higher and whenever we can bring that together um I think a lot of things can happen. I think it's, again, I, always, I keep saying it's, it's something special. Saxon, can I get challenge you on something here? Yeah. Yeah, I've been way too nice to him. Get him. 
Well, you, you say that you think he has all the tools mentally and physically, but I, I just observing you guys as an, uh, an analyst of the sport as I try to do, notice uh, the, the same deficiency that you each have. And this one actually kept him out of the games this year, I think, which was on the ruck run. Right. by far his worst finish. And in the year 2019, when it was at the games, it was also by far your worst finish. Right. So, you know, so, to, to me, there is a, something's missing there. Yeah, of, so I, I think the big thing, I mean, you look at, um, I think, look at any running event, even at the games, I finished, you know, I think it was top 15 in the running event. Running was something we were always really good at, but I think as we put size on, if we obviously slowed down a little bit as our weights went up, and that's something we need to counterbalance. But I mean, what the conversation Spencer and I had with the ruck run, we were like, okay, here's the thing. Whenever you have 60 pounds on your back, weight's going to move weight. And we're not the heaviest guys in the sport. Um, but I think whenever you're talking about, you know, putting 60 pounds on you, like size will help move that size on your back. Um, but I think if you were to do that as like a pure like running event, I think you would have seen a completely different outcome. But like outside of that, if Spence would have hit a snatch with that, which I know he was more than capable of doing, and he knows he was too, he would have also been to the games. So I think it was more of like the execution and the pressure of being able to do that because he has a 310 pound snatch. Like there's no reason he shouldn't have been able to hit 265 for two reps. Um, and I know if he would have done that, he would have been to the games. And that's a conversation that we had. Like we weren't really upset about the ruck run, even though he took close to last in that. It was more something that we knew that he was more than capable of and that was actually that was really i was surprised that he didn't hit the, that snatch also because i watched you guys as a fan in i think 2017 at wadapalooza i saw scott and then you and then spencer snatched 275 on the bayside stage i think after swimming it was back two, to back to back. Two, 285 yeah we all oh, hit 285 <laughs> um and again like i said we knew that he was more than capable of that and i don't know if it was the pressure um, or getting caught in the race around people beside him. And maybe that's something that he needs to get more experience with is, you know, people competing, competing to the left and the right of you. Um, and I think if he's able to execute everything perfectly and to the best of his ability, he would have easily punched his ticket. Even, even despite the ruck. I mean, Danny Spiegel yeah. basically did the same thing at the same competition. So. Right. So I think everybody's allowed one mess up. I think to become the fittest man on earth, you can't have that. Uh, but I think a matter of getting there, uh, that's okay. I mean, look Damn. at, look at, look at my granite games. I think I didn't finish outside the top seven, but I also didn't finish inside of the top two at all. I think my best finish was third, um, which showed well-roundedness and perfect execution, but I never had those home runs. And like the biggest takeaway for me was to win the games, you got to be able to win events and you got to, and wow. you got to be able to stay consistent. Yeah, I actually had this this almost exact conversation with Pat Vellner two years ago. I was like, man, you're doing everything right, but you're not winning any events at the games. You got one event win at this point in your career and three podium right. finishes. If you want to get to the top spot, you have to have that. 100%. And I think, but I think, I also don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's something that you could easily fix because it's not like, hey, I have to work on getting stronger. I got to work on my running or, you know, I need to get better at gymnastics because you have everything that you need there but you got to be able to take calculated risk. Like, okay, I'm really good at muscle ups and, and heavy deadlifts. Right. So I'm going to go for it on this pigflip workout or, um, you know, the run clean one. Like I have a 370 clean. I know 350 won't be bad. You need to run as hard as you can. No, win that event. Uh, and I just think just things like that, you necessarily don't have to win every event, but I think you need to have little things like that. And I specifically remember rich talking about that, uh, I forget what year it was, but I think he was going into Sunday and he didn't win an event. And um, he said, I think it was in a documentary and he said, um, 
you know, if you go and you win the games and you don't win an event, people are going to ask questions and people are going to say like, was that really, is that really the fittest man on earth? And I would agree with that statement. Like you need to be undisputed and you need to be able to show like you can win events. It was almost poised to happen this year. I mean, Justin had not won a single event and he right. really like, and he didn't only win the last event. I think he was second, but he kind of emphatically like put the pedal to the metal and crushed everyone, at least in the final heat there. And I think that that was reassuring for people. Like if he hadn't done that and he'd just taken his fifth and won by 30 points, everyone would have been asking a little bit more questions, but stamping the weekend, finishing the weekend that way, I think people feel a lot more comfortable saying, yes, you, you're the fittest and you earned this this year. Yeah. And absolutely. And I mean, you look at the media, it's, and that was the first thing that they said was like, you ended on a high note. Um, and that they, they seem to make a really big push on like, Hey, you, you won this event. Like you won the games. And that, yeah. And that's pretty common too. A lot of times the fittest do win the final event at the games. Um, or if, if not, then they're like second, you know? Yeah. Brian, when you when you use example like athletes, um, can you use uh, Travis Mayer and not Patrick Vellner? Thank you. <laughs> I think that story, whatever story you just told about Vellner, would have worked equally well with uh, Travis Mayer as a example. Because they both had so many podium finishes at the games, but never won. Yes, yes. Uh, Saxon, um, fifth place. I don't really know how to ask this question because I. I'll just dig in and I'll keep refining it. Are you happy with that placement? Um, I think there's, I think there's two sides to that. I'm very grateful for the position. Um, but I also see, I, I think taking away from that, there's little things that I could easily fix. And I think it could easily and drastically change the results. Um, if I would have executed on just a few workouts, um, and they, I think it's easy to play the points game of like, if I did better in this and I did better in this, but I mean, I had two finishes where I was, you know, the back two in the workout. And if those would have just easily been a 15th place finish, I would have been on the podium. And I don't necessarily just, and, and I think that's why I was very upset because it's like, oh, like, I just want to get on the podium. No, you don't want to just get on the podium. I think everybody has the, I want to win the CrossFit games. And I think knowing that and like looking at some of my events finishes, how do you expect to win the games taking places like that? You can't. Um, so I think that's my biggest takeaway is like knowing how to take those calculated risk. And I think, what was it? What was event nine where you took 29th place? Um, bike snatch. Oh, that was the snatch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and then we go back to your weight again, right? That's a weight issue. If if, 10 pounds, a guy, 10 pounds heavier than you, theoretically, both of those movements would have been easier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I think, I think. I mean, Justin Medeiros is pretty close to my size. Um, so I don't, I don't want to give myself that as an out. I don't think, of course, not. Size, I don't think size should ever be an out. I think it does help, but I mean, so does, you know, I could say the same thing with handstand pushups, right? You know, I'm a shorter athlete or chest of bars, you know, I should do better in that. Um, and a big guy shouldn't, but like, if you're, you did, do, man you did earth, do very well on both of those. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But I think if you want to be the fittest on earth, you need to be great at everything, no matter your size. And I think that just comes down to like, whenever I get on a bike, like I got to be willing to hurt a lot more than those big guys. Is the bike really, really bad? Um, no, I just full throttle like, like, so, like Fraser says he sold his soul to the bike every morning. That really, when he said that one time to me, I was just, I don't I had to like block that out. I can't imagine like, cause you know, the mental breaks that go on, like let's say you like 
someone like you, it's probably a hundred RPMs. But for me, when I start seeing it go over 70 RPMs, I'm like, do you really want to do this? Like, do you, like the, it gets noisy in there between my right. ears. And I think anytime you're on a machine, you can't see anyone else's machine. No one's advancing. You have no idea where anyone's at. And like, that just comes down to willingness to hurt anytime you're on a machine. Uh, and I think that just comes down to being able to trust your game plan and things like that. And when I did that workout, I really trusted my game plan. I was at like, I look at Watts. I was at like six, 700 Watts. And I was still the last one off the bike, which just tells me people were pushing it. And like six or 700 Watts, like that's faster than I bike in any type of training. But I think that just needed to be pedaled down because if you look at the typical 2159 workout, you know, about half the workouts in the first round. And if you can get far enough ahead, then it's just a matter of who can hold on and who has the capacity to be able to do that. Can you get on a bike or um, at, uh, at like, can you get on a bike at any time and make yourself feel nauseous? Like, could you just mm-hmm. get off this call right now and you know how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like that never goes away, no matter how fit you are. Like, you know how, like you could in 20 minutes be feeling like you want to throw up. You could hang up on us and then just go get on a bike and. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and I think. What? Go ahead. I think I think what that can do to you mentally, um, yeah. you know, can change your career. You know what I mean? If you do that, I, I would say necessarily every single day or twice a day. Um, yeah, eventually you're like you're going to get better at it. But I also think like, OK, what's to say like you don't get into a workout and you use, you know, that as an anchor of like, oh, man, last time I did a workout on this, like I hurt and my watts were low and things like that and like how do you not carry that over into that so like i think anytime you get on a bike like that and you're pushing that hard i think like a great execution on that is going to be super important as well and you need to be ready for that yeah it's happened to me once or twice in 15 years and it's it totally has damaged me like i don't i avoid it at all costs but someone like you i'm guessing you have to go there on the reg yeah do you feel like you're going to get, do you get nauseous um, working? Like, do you push yourself to a weird place? Like yeah. at least once a week to where you're like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah. I try to, I think you're good for that once a week. I think too much more than that. Maybe two times a week. I think too much more than that. I think you can lead down a road that's going to burn you out. Right. And I, I really have a couple of people in mind that I hope are listening to that right now. <laughs> Why do you know, do you know people who do that more than they need to Brian? Yeah, it, it, people that train in my gym that think they want to be Saxon Panchik and they have they just cannot get this concept out of their mind and their intensity is way too high, way too often. It's not going to work in the long run. Oh, God, I wish I had that problem. God, I wish I had that problem. Okay, Brian, we're going to play a little numbers game. You ready? Uh, maybe, depending on what it is. I, I really Saxon may or may not like this. Can I ask him one thing? For, before please, you, please. What? We're going to talk about Event 9. We're going to figure out how many points he could have uh made up on oh, that okay. but go ahead ask him well i'm not so concerned about his event nine performance the one that that sticks out to me was event uh the yoke thir- carry 13 we talked to <laughs> is that we, the yoke carry did he know exactly what you were talking about <laughs> because relative to the field this was actually a worse event for him even though it looks right. better on paper there's only one guy behind him and it was will morad and will morad was just completely out of this event so saxon was basically probably felt like he was last place here yeah, and, I, and yep. knowing what I know about you, I was surprised that you not not surprised you weren't top five, but I was surprised you were bottom five on this. Right. So um, wait, before you I, answer that, can you? I want to. I want Brian. Why is that? Why are you surprised? What do you see in Saxon that makes you think he should have done better? 
I think he's, you know, similar to his brother. I think he's just got an incredibly strong midline and he really focuses on positions and there's, there's the 600 pound yoke, but he should, he should have enough experience 12 years doing CrossFit as strong as he is 370 clean and jerk 315 snatch should be able to stand under that and move it fairly. I think fairly well. And the GHD yeah. and the hundred pound sandbag is in the burpees. I think it's irrelevant. Okay. Um, Sorry, go so on. I think if you go back and you even watch it, I think a lot of it came down to sizing on the yoke carry. Um, so I remember specifically in 2018, we finished on a yoke carry and I had my setting on the, um, like a, the middle setting. So we got three options and I picked the middle setting and we finished at a 660 yoke. And I remember I moved through the first two yokes very well. And I got to that last weight and we were inside the Coliseum and the yoke was barely off the ground. Right. So I felt like it was just scraping and I felt like my body compressed. So I was like, okay, this year I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm going to have those, the yoke significantly off the ground. So I had it cleared off the ground probably by like a good eight to 10 inches. So when we got to that six ten yoke, I picked that yoke up and it was this high off of the ground eight to 10 inches. And now what happens is that yoke is taxing your midline exactly how it should. Right. So like that was the hardest part for me was being able to carry that yoke because you had that weight shifting in so many different directions. Now, what a lot of other athletes did was they picked the highest yoke because we were on turf and they barely got it off the ground and it actually slid with them across the turf. So it was never taxing the midline. Now, again, I don't blame the athletes. I think that's just like you're playing, you're playing the game and that's it. Uh, and I remember someone coming back telling the girls, like, if you, if you slide the yoke, like that's it. Um, what do you mean? So like, think, what do you mean? That's it. Like you'll get, I, I don't know, whatever that means. That's just what one of the girls told me. <laughs> like it's a good, like it's a good thing to slide the yoke or, or you'll get disqualified. No, like maybe disqualified. And again, I don't know exactly what they meant. I wasn't there for that conversation. I can tell you it's definitely not disqualified because I saw at the end of interval one, Justin Madero's got the perfect slide. He not only put it down and slid, it moved five feet across the turf. It was incredible. Yeah, I wouldn't right. think that they would have a rule like that. If you could pick it up with both your hands and carry it over your head and run with it, I think it would be legit. There's no like right. stand. There shouldn't be a standard on how you move it. Right. And I think that's why I totally own that performance. And I like can't even be upset about that performance because I chose to put my yoke like that. And it just taxed my tax my midline like significantly um, more than the other athletes. Did you notice that, Brian? Did you notice that his yoke, like his yoke, was like way too high? Like, Not that his specifically. To I saw that you know some of them were higher off the ground than others. But what I'm kind of curious now is when you you they sized you guys for the yoke pretty early in the weekend, and did they tell yeah. you that you were going to do it on turf versus in the Coliseum? No. And but here's the thing: we could, totally could have changed it. And I just didn't realize that till I got out there. Um, and I had my first, I think, I think that workout was made on the first round because the yoke was so close. So you didn't have to run across the field to be able to get to it. So like the fact that people were able to get on that yoke very early and get a majority down the field, they were guaranteed to finish that in two intervals. Now, when I got there, I picked the yoke up, felt popped off and I started carrying it. And, oh shit. And it just got, it got super shaky. And I think I maybe moved it 10 to 15 feet. And I'm like, oh man, like put the seatbelt on, like we're strapped in. <laughs> Why did no. your belt pop off? I don't know. Bad Velcro. I th I do think there's a very positive thing you can take away from this is that, I mean, we talked to Lazar Jukic who finished one spot ahead of you and had a you know problem with this workout also. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said it just crushed him and it was affecting the next two workouts for him. 
But in your yeah. case, despite having to do more work than most of the people, because you had to do all those extra GHGs and sandbag cleans and burpees, you still mm-hmm. had possibly your two best finishes of the weekend after that, the last two events of the weekend, which I think you can walk away and say, that's a testament to your overall fitness and preparedness. Right. And um, that was the big thing. I think if I executed every workout like those last two workouts, I think we would have seen a significantly different outcome. Um, and that's okay. I think whenever I do want to like, and I plan to win the games, I want to be able to have a performance like that where, you know, like you're seeing those top three finishes in every single event. Like I never want to, and I obviously I'll be blessed to win the games. Um, if I ever did, did. Um, but I think being able to go and actually have perfect execution and leaving no doubt for like the people, that's really what I want to be able to have. And you either, either to me, there's no failure, right? You, you learn. And every single event that I had a bad finish, I learned from every single one of those that like, if the, if those um, movements ever come up again, or like what it's paired with, I know what to do to be able to execute that perfectly. And I think if you can execute everything perfectly over 15 events or however many events are at the CrossFit games, you're going to have a great outcome. When you, um, when you're looking kind of to the future and the potential to win the games, are you more focused on that execution? Do you see the four guys ahead of you and say, well, these guys are in the way, or is it some kind of combination of those things? I think whether those events came you know, those, that last day was the last three events or those were the first three events. It doesn't matter. I think Dave knows how to expose everybody at some point of the weekend. Uh, and you just don't know when that's going to be. You could have somebody easily at the top. I think, I think Granite Games was a great example where you had Anthony Davis at the top. And then I think you had um, Colton Mertens at the top and like they were having these great performances. And then you get to the last day and all of a sudden everybody fell off. So like these guys got a whole bunch of hype over those first couple of days, but someone being consistent underneath really doesn't, but like they had, in my opinion, better executions, uh, throughout the whole weekend, but you just have that hype. It's just kind of like the luck of the drop when those events come up, when you're going to be exposed. You're lucky Brian's here or else we'd be talking about being twins the whole entire show. <laughs> um, do you see that BKG? Sorry, do you see that Bjorgvin, Carl, Kart Goodmanson, Brent Fakowski, and Patrick Vellner are probably all? Uh, who knows if this is true or not? Like, I, I, I have no idea if this is true, but let's just say that they're waning, right? And yeah. clear, and clearly you, and, and and you could even say that about Janikowski, and then clearly you, Janikowski is like six months older than. I know, but he's he's got a lot of miles on him. Okay, fine. I won't say that about Janikowski. Uh, but you, Janikowski, Guy, and Justin Medeiros are probably all still getting better. For sure, you and Guy and Justin Medeiros are still getting better. Come on. We got to throw Lazar in there. He's the same age. He's in the top 10. Right, right, right. Sorry. My computer had him blocked. Um, my computer screen. Um, do you think about that, like, moving forward? Or, or is it like, fuck any of that nonsense. I'm just going to be the best. I'm going to smash all these guys, like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you can't get too caught up into how other people are training and where they're at. Anything anything could happen, right? You never you, like you don't know what people have going on in their lives. I mean, I think I think mentally it taxes people more than you can imagine. You're seeing a lot of people's breakdowns on Instagram where they're like, "Oh my gosh, I was really nervous about this event," or like, "I didn't know I, what was going to happen." Uh, and you just see, I almost shit my pants on this event. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you see that and you're like, okay, like this taxes on people more mentally than anything. I think 
physically, you could do this sport and compete until you're 35 plus. I mean, Scott's a great example. He's 33. I think he could easily do this another two, three years. Um, but it's, what is it doing to you mentally? And I felt like mentally, even this year, it attacks me. It's the, probably the most because I trained the hardest for it, which means I had a lot of pressure on myself to be able to perform. And I think when you're that high in the sport and you put that much pressure on yourself, um, it could take some years off your competitive life. Can't you just play like some Kanye West or something and just be like, quit being a pussy and just move on? I think you could, <laughs> but I think, I think. I think if you do that and then you go out and you have a great event, you're like, oh, that worked. Or, and then you do it for the next event you go out and you have a bad event. You're like, that didn't work. <laughs> There's a lot of mental games then, I guess, you're playing with yourself, right? Like just right. whatever it takes to get through the next hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I used to do stuff like that too. Like, hey, if you can just finish these last 30 burpees unbroken, then um, you'll win a million dollars. Like I would make up nonsense prizes. For sure. I, like just I think, whatever, like whatever it took. Yeah. And I do that same thing in training of like, you know, you hit this lift, you're going to win the games or you miss this lift, you're going to lose the games. Um, and I think being able to give yourself those little challenges along the way mean a lot because that's just coming, you know, there's really nothing on the line, but you're putting the pressure on yourself to be able to do that. Yeah. It feels real in the moment, right? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Nick of time. It appears Saxon told everyone in the coffee shop to shut the hell up. Great show as usual, guys. Nick of time. Yeah, Nick, uh, I think he's too nice to do that, but I do think he's probably flexing his lats as big as he can in the back. And people <laughs> see that. And so, like, everyone's, like, keeping it down. Um, did you get a chance to talk to Colton Mertens at all? One of my one of my favorite. Um, uh, what's no, it called when someone's an outlier? One of my favorite enigmas? You didn't. I didn't. No. Um, I didn't get to talk to too many athletes. I felt like we were constantly, like, on the go this year more than, I think, any year. Um, and I think I was just really focused on competing, executing and feeling my body. And I really didn't have a lot of time to be able to, like, I felt like anytime I spent time talking to somebody, like that could be time where, you know, I could be eating to be able to fuel myself for that event. So like, I just felt like and it, it's, I wish it's something that I could do more and have the opportunity to do that. But I just don't think that's the case whenever you have, you know, your, your career on the line for a weekend. <laughs> What will you, um, there's 24 hours in the day and your day was full, right? You did training, you fussed around on your phone, you hung out with your wife, you, I don't know, did the wash and now you have twins. And so something has to go, right? And like, it it was interesting. Like I was talking to, uh, who was it? I was talking to, I think it was rich yesterday said he got off of social media. Yeah, it was. Is, is there yeah. anything like you're like, okay, I'm going to, I have twins now and I need to get rid of this, this, and this, like, instead of like, I, I don't know, it could be as simple as like, Hey, instead of like worrying about getting dressed every day, I'm just going to have 10 shirts that are the same, 10 underwear, the same and 10 shorts are the same. And I'm going to simplify that. Like, do you, yeah. do you manage your time like that? Or are you like, okay, I have to get rid of this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, first I only have 4% just a heads up. So if I die, that's what happened. Um, okay. But um, the second you you're gone, me and Brian are going to talk mad shit about you. Just so you that's know, okay. So, this guy okay. doesn't have a charger or a laptop. Um, <laughs> um, no, I think balance is a huge thing. And I think there's different ways that you can balance things. And I don't think like, I think there's some things more important than other things. Um, but I think there's always a way, as long as you're communicating with the people that you care about, or care about around you, um, that you're able to balance everything and be okay with that. Um, I don't want where I'm at right now. I don't want anything to go. 
Um, and I'm happy with where I am and I'm happy with like how I'm doing in the sport and how I am family wise and business wise that I don't think anything needs to change. Even, but like if something else was to come up, yeah, something might need to go, but that will be something I'll have to reevaluate and see like, okay, like what's working for my family and what's not working for my family. Seven, if you want to ask him any more questions about Rich, you can say the guy who finished one spot below you in the open this year. <laughs> wow. You beat Rich in the open this year. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Hey, I don't like to hear that you're happy where things are at. That made me nervous. No, I meant, I meant, I meant, I meant, are you, are you talking about what we were just talking about? Anything, anything. I just don't want you to be happy. I want you to like, to be like, I mean, I want you to be happy, but I want you to be like, Hey, there's a rock in my shoe still. And I need to get that out. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay. Like I do realize I'm going to have to give up something that I love in order to eat, to, 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 to get Medeiros, Vellner, and Fikowski and Bjorgvin. Like, I like, yeah. screw these guys. I'm going to give this up and I'm going to get you and it's going to be worth it. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I think it would be opportunities like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just to get yelled at by me and Brian? Oh, did you stop doing podcasts? Yeah, I'm going to stop doing podcasts. Fuck yourself, huh? No, um, I just think it would be taking those little things out like that. I think, um, you know, extra conversations that I'm having with people in my affiliate that aren't necessarily necessary. Um, you just lost out. two clients. You just lost two members. Sorry. Right. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> they, they had to leave for left for a reason. I'm hoping they moved. Um, but I just think, I think just those little things like that can slowly add up over time that if I would be able to minimize those and reevaluate and see what happens. And if something else needs to go, I'll just check it again what's facundo's role what does facundo do is he an agent or is he nah. does he do your, no he's not okay i always thought he was an agent what's he do he's a he programmer does my, he does my programming yeah um is that mayhem's programming does he do mayhem's programming no he so right now he's working just with me personally spencer and okay. i personally so he's doing our pretty much personalized program um and i talk to him on a daily basis and um, I actually have a call with him later this afternoon to reevaluate of like what we need to focus on for this upcoming year to get a better result. I always thought he was an agent. He's all handsome and he's got like a good personality and he gets along with everyone. For some reason, I thought he was like a Matt O'Keefe. He could be a great agent. <laughs> yeah, he's smooth. And, and like in his, I went to his Instagram yesterday and he's got like leather seats in his car. He's got like all like the, uh, like he's got all the things you need to be an agent. Um, do you have an agent? I do. Who's that? Yeah, Dijon. Oh, wow! And he's he also has um. That's the guy who has Gunnar Nielsen, right? Oh no, no, that's he has. He works with Noah. Okay, okay, I got him Noah's wrong. Manager. Mixed up with Sorny, Sor Snorri, 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 Snorri. Bijan and Snorri. Jeez, jeez. I bet you we're saying those names wrong. Uh oh, his phone <laughs> flickered. I got two percent. <laughs> I bet you, if you were in your car, you would have had a charger, and we could have kept talking to you. But we just wouldn't see you or hear you. I do. <laughs> and um, how long have you been with Facundo? Um, so I started working with him. It's been a year, um, and I'm really happy with it. I mean, looking at where I've come in the open, I think I've never finished inside the top thirty in the open, and this year I finished fourth. Um, and online qualifiers were never my thing. And then I went to the semifinals, quarterfinals, whichever one was online. And I believe I finished seventh. So like to be able to have those top finishes in an online format 
I think was great. And then whenever I got to an in-person one, I ended up winning the Granite Games. So like just looking at my history um, in live competition, online competition, it, it's gone up significantly. Um, so that just says that, you know, what I'm doing right now is working very well. And then do you just pass that programming on to Scott for free so he doesn't have to pay Facundo? No. Oh. <laughs> and who who and who does Scott's programming? Um, he, I believe he does his own. Uh, and I think he works with Mayhem a little bit or like Rich and like bounces some things. I don't I don't know exactly what he does. Um, but I know that he was like training with their team and that helped his training significantly and um, he Scott knows how to program for himself and how to get the results. I mean, he's really where I learned how to program. Um, and I don't know. That was something like, like in 2019, I programmed for myself going into the games and I finished ninth, but I felt like there was a lot of pieces missing as well. And then Scott actually introduced me to Facundo and Facundo had me do some workouts and I was like, okay, like this is a different way of training, but this is something that I think can be very beneficial to me. And I think just being able to expose yourself yourself to different things and experience different things, I think is super important because it shows growth. I think if you continue doing the same thing over and over again, how do you really expect to grow from that? Oh, what do you mean it's a different kind of programming? I just figured that they were all the same and just people put different stamps on them. Yeah. Um, no, he taught me, like, I felt like he really taught me how I can repeat movements over a full week. Like I always thought, okay, I did thrusters Monday. I got to wait until next Wednesday to do those. Um, now I learned that like I can do, lower volume thrusters on on monday and then i can do lower volume heavy thrusters on thursday um and being able to put wall balls and thrusters together technically the same movement but very different and they have their own stimulus and just little things like that would it be weird if you and spencer had different um programmers i don't know i don't know i i feel like we've always been the same athlete but very completely different athletes and I feel like this is the first year that we got everything very similar and uh, we are on paper, very similar athletes. And we've done the same programming since we were 12 years old. Um, so on paper, I mean, you would look at it as like, you know, we have the same strengths, we have the same weaknesses um, and we would compete the same way. But guys- obviously like that's different um, because I think obviously I think in CrossFit, um, like mental being, being able to be there mentally is a lot as well. Um, do you guys eat the same stuff? No. Same diet? He, no? No. He eats only chicken and rice, and I only eat ground beef and rice. <laughs> okay, so same thing. And do you guys sleep the same amount, you think? Um, no, I sleep more than him. He doesn't need that much sleep. Um, he was doing our morning classes when we first opened our gym, so he's, like, really good on no sleep, and I'm like, I need, like, 9 to 12 hours. <laughs> When you look at pictures of yourself um, as as babies, uh-oh, back to the twin stuff, um, can you tell the two of you apart? Like, if you look at pictures of yourselves when you're two years old, you can see say, oh, that's me and that's my brother? Yeah, for sure. Spencer is, like, I felt like had, like, like kind of like a chunky face, and I was always, like, very, like, thin and, like, square. Like, I've never had a problem telling my twins apart, but when I look at pictures, it's weird. Like it, I, I can't tell. It gets all scrambled up in my brain. It's weird. But do you, can your can your parents tell the difference between the two of you by looking at pictures? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we probably would have a hard time. <laughs> yeah, we would have a really hard time. Um, and what's Facundo's relationship with Mayhem? Yeah. Um, you'd have to ask him that. I think he's he's worked. Good with answer. For, Smart. 
he, he worked with him for a long time and I know he's close friends with those guys down there. Um, and that's actually, I went down there and I trained with all of them for a little bit. When was it? I want to say back in April and they just have a really great community down there. Um, uh, and I think they have really something special to be able to train with each other. And, uh, like I said, I think that community is very special. Did you remind Rich that you would beat him in the open? I didn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wait till I get to hang out with him a few more times and get a little more comfortable to say that. Yeah, that's that's. I had a podcast with him yesterday. It was the first time I talked to him in three years, and everyone's like, "God, you're being a pussy, Sevon." I was like, "Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait till I talk to him a few more times before I give him the, <laughs> the full the full uh, treatment." Do you think Spencer and Scott are listening right now? Um, they're like, we've heard enough maybe, of sex and shit. May, maybe not now, but I'm sure they will. Uh, it's going to be hard. Wait, it's going to be hard has a wonderful. Uh, that's not a full sentence, Joby. Someone wrote something. I'm going to try to translate it for you. It's going to be hard, has a wonderful attitude. And like that, he can separate himself. And he is from his performance, be they good or bad. Buddy, I hope English is your second language. Uh, Joby, I tried to read your comment. I. Let's just go with the last sentence. He says you have good character. I think he's talking about you, Saxon. He does have a great um he does have a great character. Oh man. Either that, Joby, you're either English is your second language or you're drunk. You could go with either one. You better have some excuse. Go ahead, Brian. Saxon, you said your Spencer's obviously preparing for some off season competitions. Will we see you anywhere this off season? Yeah, I plan to do rogue. Um uh... there it is. And uh and have you been invited already to Rogue? Go ahead. You answer for him. You pretend like you're Saxon. Oh, we can assume yes, based on what Lazar said. I'm confident that they sent out invites to the top 10 from the games. Oh, you are? That's Is that how they roll? Yeah. Usually they want 20 in the field, and they'll have invites for up to 15 of them. And I don't know, I don't know if they've advertised what they're doing this year, but the fact that Lazar told us that makes me think they'd have at least invited the top 10. <laughs> Uh, 14th, 13th. So they probably invited the top 15. And then as they've done in the past two years, it'll be an online qualifier for the final five spots. I think Joe, Joby, you should not have retracted that. <laughs> Joby, you should not have retracted that message. What are you doing? That ruins my joke. When people go back and look at the feed later, come on, Joby, take it's, a joke, buddy. 20 seven. burpees for erasing your message. Ryan, will you text Saxon? Hold that thought, Brian. We text Saxon and go, hey, asshole, we know that your phone didn't really die and that was your way of getting off, you douche. Seven, you should be happy to hear that they invite the top 15 to Rogue because you know who was 12th, right? Travis Mayer. <laughs> oh, so who day will be there? He'll get invited. I mean, I would assume that he'd want to come. It's a pretty, like, it's pretty, I think it's pretty good. Like, that's obviously a great event. There's a ton of money available and it's an invitation. Like, it's very hard to qualify as a top five in the online qualifier. Uh, and if you've already gotten the invite, uh, you know, who's not going to get the invite, which will, will be interesting if he does. I wonder if Jason Hopper will get the invite. Like, will Matt O'Keefe call Bill and Katie and be like, yo, hook my boy Hopper up? <laughs> I mean, I, and and I actually don't know what Rogue would do if uh, or what what they do when if people decline. Hey, Bill and Katie got to invite Col Col Colton Mertens. 
He should oh, just be it. Colton Mertens has qualified for Rogue via the online qualifiers, mm-hmm. one of the top five qualifiers both seasons. Oh, and have they had their online qualifier for this year yet? Not that I know of. I wonder if we should try to reach out to Bill and Katie and see if we can. Are you going to that? I've never been invited to Rogue and they've declined my volunteer application. So, no. I wonder if we can somehow like, I, I have Bill's phone number. I always feel bad texting him, but like maybe I can text him and be like, yo, how about a little home cooking and you hook Brian up and let him get back there and, and we'd run podcasts and give us access so we can keep making $30 an episode on YouTube and I can send my kids to jujitsu. 35. Thanks to Nick of time. Yeah. Thank you. Nick of time. Seven used to drive me nuts listening to him. Now he has my favorite podcast and I think he's probably one of the best interviews. So what happened, Scott? What changed? Did you change or did I change? Tell me. Ralph Soto, bring Matt and Rich on. Uh, uh, <laughs> we had Rich on yesterday and I could invite, I, I should invite Matt. I've, I, I don't know why not. I think I've just been hoarding him to myself and I don't want to share him with Ryan, um, Matt, Souza, and Brian. But, and I did invite Josh on. I sent Josh a text this week and I said, Hey, will you come on my podcast? And uh, he said, uh, Nothing. <laughs> he didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we need Colton Merton's Docker series. I agree. I would totally watch the Colton Merton series. Um, someone should definitely do a YouTube series on him if there's a videographer. Um, hey, my, my wife was saying that I said that he, he takes care of 50,000 pigs. And I, no, I didn't. I said 15,000. Mm. Did I say 50? I don't know. But I, someone just asked about Sam Briggs. And um, we are going to have Sam on, right? Yeah, yeah. We have a scheduling conflict. That's it. She... Um, between, uh, Brian and I both have pretty crazy schedules. Brian's a real man and has a job. And then I take care of kids. And so that with, I think Sam said that she's back training already. And so we're just trying to find a time, but she's game. She's totally game. And we really, really want to have her on. I think tentatively it's scheduled for next Thursday, but we, the times that have been proposed don't work for Sam, Brian and myself. So I think we uh, do have a time for next Thursday that's. As of we now, is good. I think so. But we want to get her on. And, and a lot of the athletes that uh, you guys are frequently asking about, like uh, Mallory Kristen, O'Brien, Kristen Holt, and Mallory O'Brien, Haley Adams, and Yonikoski, um, like we, we're reaching out to them and we're trying to find something that works. But a lot of them are traveling right now. Or, you know, like Savan said, it's, you know, we, we want to get them, have a chance to talk to them. So we are hearing you guys. And no, no one's blackballed by the way. Like, so there's just like, basically what happens is, is, um, we all send our, we send usually any contact information we have to Matt and Matt reaches out to people. I know a lot of you have been asking for some master's athletes. Um, someone sent me an Instagram of this dude who's like 54 and like a total hunk. I don't know if he won or not, but I think I forwarded that to Sousa and we're going to try to get him on. I didn't look at his performance. I just liked the way he looked. Um, and uh, I know that um, I know we need to get Logan Aldridge on. He said he got a new microphone since the last time I interviewed him. So there's a ton of people. And then and then we have a ton of MMA fighters that we've reached out to. So hopefully I really want to start keep doing those one a week. If you adjusted the games for personal responsibility, height, weight, Colton would be podium, if not champ. Woo. Uh, no argument there. Oh, Ryan. I don't know if you guys can see Ryan. He gave a sideways stare. He didn't like that. If you adjusted the games for personal responsibility, height, and weight. How about just, I would just go with personal responsibility. I'm a believer in the Mertens. 
All right, guys. I'm. Uh, what are you doing now, Brian? I'm gonna eat. And what are you doing, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna stretch, eat a oh, little perfect. bit more, perfect. and then I'm gonna we go. We didn't work hear out. what you said. We can't hear you. You mute yourself. Oh shit! My bad. Um, I have to unmute three things. I have a fail safe, so so my mic doesn't get picked up, and sometimes I forget one. I'm gonna go work out, or I'm gonna eat, stretch, and then work out again. You stretch. I do. You're too young to stretch. I want. I want to make the games, man. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to load up the car and take my kids to uh, their first jiu-jitsu tournament in Stockton, California. Um, I'll basically be offline until tomorrow at 10 a.m. Brian, don't think that doesn't mean I'm not going to call you 20 times and bug you. But man, that's cool. I'm really excited for you to do that with your kids. You've been telling me about it for a couple weeks. It's going to be dope. If uh, if you guys want to see some of the footage from my um, son, Avi, doing his first jiu-jitsu tournament, he's a gray belt. He's six years old. You would have to search very, very hard on Instagram to find my account. <laughs> but it also might be at Three Plain Brothers. But um, I, I don't know who's more nervous, me or him. You have to make a choice. You either have to make life easier or you have to get tougher. Colton Mertens. Did he say that, Tanner? Yeah, he did. It's a dope quote. Holy shit. Did he say that in our podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hey, my wife thinks that that, um, that is, that should be a, that should be a a shirt. My, uh, thanks. Thanks, Elise. Do you see this last comment up here? Good luck, Avi. No, no, no. The next one after the Uh, Colt Mertens squad, right before, before good luck, Avi. Oh, oh, that's Justin Madero's right around the corner from me, the 209. Yeah, Justin. Hey, Justin, I'm going to send you the address of the tournament. I'll send you where we're partying tonight. The Hilton, the Hilton in Stockton. Hopefully it's it's like not full of gangbangers and shit. Uh I was going to Sa- say Saxon, t- Saxon just texted us, by the way. Sorry about the phone dying. He'll be more prepared next time. Oh, he was great. Saxon, you're the man, dude. You were so good. He was better than I thought. I was actually really nervous, right? I'm thinking it's going to be Scott Panchik's kid brother, and he's not going to talk. And instead, I'd rank him in the top 10 of most articulate guests we've had. Yeah, he's he's very well-spoken, and he's very uh, – I think – He's, he just seems very balanced. Like he's for a 25 year old kid, he's got a lot of balance in his life, a lot of good perspective. The question is, is can he beat Justin? We know he can beat Patrick Bent and Bjorg, Brent and Bjorgvin. They're going to be using canes in the next couple of years. <laughs> the question is, can he beat Justin Medeiros? That's a question everyone's asking, isn't it? Does uh does your answer inf- is it influence knowing that Justin's listening? Like you're scared you're going to say something, Brian and. No, no, Justin, Justin's, I I mean, I already, last time we had, or before the games when we had him on and I said something and he didn't like it, he said, well, I'll just show you about that. So, (laughs) and he did, and he did, he was fifth place on the, on the water event. God, he's a savage. All right, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Ryan, thanks for giving us your Saturday morning. I know that's, uh, I know the games are your goal and not Saturday. What, what is it? (laughs) what's today it's, it's friday oh yeah thanks for giving us your friday morning brian you still uh, no thank you for you you owe me your life and uh matt souza thanks for getting saxon on and uh we will probably 
Uh, that's a great question, and it, we're going to have Ricky Garrard on soon. Can Can Justin beat the great Ricky Garrard? That is, <laughs> and when are we getting funny. Justin on too? That's a, yeah, yeah. We need to get Justin back on. I yeah. dropped the ball on that. We were supposed to. He said he would come back on on Tuesday, and then we screwed up the first one with with Justin. We we had him on, and the audio was all jacked up. Surprise, surprise. And then I tried to bring Dave on, thinking it would be cute as a surprise guest, and that was a disaster. And it was going about, really well, and then we. And then the connection just got bad, you know. How about how about how yeah, that's true. How about Dave and uh, Daniel Brandon and Ch- Chase Ingram uh, trying to start their own games podcast? What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? What, what are you guys, are you guys getting it? on the bandwagon? You guys, what? you guys, listen. We'll let you advertise on on the Seven Podcast website. We're going to launch soon. We'll let you advertise on there. What are you guys doing? Is Good it their own separate podcast, or was it like on? Talking, I, I, or what's the, what's Chase and Bill Grundler's thing? No, no, it's different than Chase and Bill Grundler's. But um, I, Chase is amazing, and Daniel Brandon's amazing, and Dave's amazing. But but come on, guys, come they on, did guys. their own. Th- they they actually did their own thing. They did their own thing. They ha- it hasn't been posted yet. I oh, think they're going to try to be regular. But listen, you guys may be like the pretty dog on the block. Like you're the guy who brings the nice German Shepherd into the dog park, dude. We're the ratty, ratty, like. Uh, mutt and and like we're just gonna get you guys dirty. Just do something else. Chase, stick to broadcast where you're someone like you who's articulate and kind and polite shines. Well, and you know what? Brandon should be training. And Dan, what are you doing? And he has his own podcast, and it and it's and it's good. They have a, the great discussions about programming mm-hmm. and performance in competition. Yeah, um, I need I to check it. it out more. I actually spoke with Chase the other day, and uh, it's it's weird that I hadn't heard of it, but. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check it out tonight. But don't start your own podcast, guys. Just chill, relax. Your plate's full. Leave it. <laughs> leave it to us. We got this. Me, Ryan, Brian, and Susan. We got this. So you guys just chill. I like their podcast. It's good. I'm a patron of their podcast. Actually, I give them six bucks a month. Who? Uh, Bill and Chase. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. They should keep going. They should keep going. I'm just talking about like this super team that they're. It's too, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Too much, too much star. It's too much stardom on one podcast. Okay, Brian, are we going to do one on Saturday when I get back? No, we usually take Saturday off, or do, or do we not usually do anything? I don't know. We don't have any guests lined up for the weekend. Um, I do have a idea in my back pocket that we could do if you want to do one, just you and me, sometime. Uh, can we get Hobart on there? I feel like we've been yeah, yeah, him. yeah. We should get Hobart on for sure. All right. All right, I'll give you a call later today. Maybe we can do that one Sunday. Mm, maybe. It, it probably later would be better Sunday. Are you going to another Dave Matthews concert? No. I'm training. For what? Disc golf tournament. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I don't want to show up and embarrass myself. I want to be good. I, I feel like I'm doing well right now, but uh, I don't have a lot of opportunities to play, but Sunday mornings I do. All right. What's more important, the listeners to the podcast or your... uh, I want to be in a good mindset for the listeners. All right. So I got to get outside. You can understand that. I do. Oh, and someone said in Gary Roberts. I think I I had Gary on a while back. I wonder what he's doing. I think he's back to arm wrestling. (laughs) All right, guys. I do. I do. I think he is. I think he's going to That's like a 20-year circle if he's back to that. That is. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Uh, Peace. Peace and love. Peace and love. We're good. That was like.